What's up, guys? Welcome back to the SalesCast podcast, where we try to make prospecting simple and closing predictable. I'm back. It was a long hiatus, but I just started a new job recently. And so what was on top of my mind is really how to crush it in your first 30 days. And I know, Max, you started a new job recently, and Jed, you're always training people, so I figured we could get a few different perspectives on it. But Max, what are you seeing as some of the keys to actually succeed in your first month? Um, I think it depends on the type of role you're starting in. So there's like a lot of factors that come into play. I think if we're talking about what the majority of people in sales are jumping into their individual contributor roles. <clears throat> so that's going to be very different than kind of like what you and I jumped into Luke, even though you're still, you know, selling technically, you're more in like a kind of like a building stage with your current company. Right. So there's a lot of other hats that you're wearing. So success looks a little bit different for you and me than it does like someone who's moving into a standard, you know, account executive role at a company that's already built out. So if we're just talking straight individual contributors, I think the number one thing is just figure out who the number one performer is on the team and then just start asking them questions, copying them, figuring out what they do on a day-to-day basis and be really careful on who you get advice from. I think that's super important. Um, If you want to jump into a new company, right? and you're taking advice from every single rep on the floor, odds are some of those reps are going to give you shitty advice. So be really careful who you're, who you're kind of targeting in terms of who you want to get feedback from. But Jed, you're doing a little bit more training than, than Luke and I right now. When you're seeing success from um, some of the newer reps, like what are some of those, those consistent characteristics or, or features or whatever you want to call it in somebody that you bring on? Yeah, uh... I have a couple of questions on that, actually. Um, so first off, with the SDRs, when they come in, I think the biggest thing is, like you said, first off, like connecting with the top rep, but also making it really simple for them, right? So just figure out, like, what is, like, the basic process that the other, like, the top rep has mastered. Get that down. Um, be consistent with that. And then go from there and just kind of trying to master the basics first. Um, but one thing that's, because I think across the board, the best thing you can do is go to the top rep and learn from them. Um, but one thing I've heard a lot when I give that advice is what do I have to offer to the top rep? Like, that's scary. How do I go to the top rep? Um, how do I like make myself coachable and, and like what's in it for them? And I'm curious, like, I guess, Max, from your perspective, cause I know you kind of went through that process with Luke when you joined PandaDoc. Um, I'd be curious to hear like how you kind of started that relationship and learned from Luke and then Luke, what was in it for you? You know what I mean? Cause you are already the top rep. Like, what do you have to gain from teaching Max? And maybe talk about that story because I think that'd be interesting to hear. Yeah, that's actually really, <laughs> really good question. <laughs> um, I think, and Luke, you can correct me if I'm wrong here. Um, I'll give my two cents and then you can jump in. But when I first started, I obviously knew nothing. Um, I was generally a pretty good speaker for the most part. That's the only skill that I really had coming into a role like that. Um, and I honestly, Luke kind of sought me out a little bit more than I sought him out, I think. And I, he'll tell you that in a sec, I, I believe. Um, but when you talk about what can I offer, I think Luke maybe had heard me on a call or two or had kind of heard me having a discussion around being an SDR and Luke kind of had a light bulb went off in his head is like, damn, if I could teach him some of the stuff that I learned when I first started he can book meetings for me. And that's kind of what happened. Like I became very partial to Luke as an AE. So there was a lot of other AEs on the floor that did not get meetings from me. <laughs> almost, almost 90% of the meetings that I booked went to Luke, I'd say. 
and the old in that I, I did it out of the goodness of my heart that's why i reached out to you <laughs> and then the 10 percent of those meetings that didn't go to luke were dog shit meetings so really all the good ones luke was getting um so when it comes to like what you can offer as an sdr i think it's like hey you're a top rep i'm super hungry and if you can help me out a little bit here I can give you some of the better meetings that I'm going to go ahead and book and maybe help you hit your quota as an AE. That's the one way you can position it. It's a little bit tougher when you're going from SDR to SDR. Like, how do you offer that? Um, I think you just hope that they're going to be helpful people. But in the case of Luke and I, it was more so like Luke kind of sought me out and kind of showed me the way a little bit. And then Luke and I just developed a friendship after that. That kind of, so even after I moved into an AE role and Luke didn't really have anything to gain from making you better we just became friends and he helped me out no matter what so that's kind of how that that transpired but luke if you have a different perspective on on that feel free to <laughs> push that aside yeah um there are a few different things i mean it's always what's in it for me and the obvious is more pipeline because yep. you fit, find somebody like max who comes into the role and what caught my attention is that he actually cared if you can focus and control what you can control and show that you care, that usually means a lot more than showing that you know everything because nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. So that's the first thing that attracted me to Max is, all right, how does he sound on the phone? Does he care? And I used to be in the office at like 7 a.m. I'd leave at 7 or 8 p.m. And the only person who ever beat me there was this kid. So I was like, okay, something's different here. He's working hard. How can I help yeah. out? And the AE to SDR parallel is obvious. You get more meetings, more pipeline, more closed one. That's great. But what about AE to AE and SDR to SDR? Well, what's in it for me? What are you trying to get to next? If you're trying to get into management on the SDR side, can you be a mentor? Can you help somebody improve and take that learning and that project basically and show it to management and say, hey, look, what happens if I could do this for multiple people? I think that's kind of what you did, Jed. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, um, I think it boils down to a few things. Like you're just not going to have the skills right off the bat necessarily. Um, but in terms of like relating it back to the topic, which is crushing in your first 30 days, I think you just need to show right off the bat, like first impressions matter that you are willing to put in the work, like you have the work ethics. Like for me, it was, I'm just going to make as many calls as possible. And people can see that, right? So when I go to, you know, the Maxes and the Lukes, um, I'm already showing that I'm actually trying to get to that next level. Um, that was a huge thing for me. But in terms of uh, like how to actually approach that, that top rep and get them to, to kind of get your coaching or coach you, um, I think one thing that we haven't mentioned is that we all like to kind of put our stamps on people and say like, I help that person, whether it's in terms of getting promoted, like you can say that like within a company, like, hey, I've, I can point to all these SDRs I've helped. And so again, like if you kind of present it like that, like, Hey, I'm coachable, you're humble. Uh, you kind of like speak out loud about how much they're helping you. Um, there's that sense of pride that they have and they want to help you more. Um, and I think honestly, that's the biggest thing you can do to master it. Cause you just want to find, uh, or the biggest thing you can do to kind of crush in your first 30 days is you just want to find that person who already has it figured out and just be a sponge, learn as much as possible from them. I kind of want to jump back to two things that you both said was you have to show that you care. So Luke, you kind of alluded like showing up to the office early, staying late, making it obvious. 
And then Jed, you said like making more dials. Other than those two things, like how do you stand out? How do you show other AEs, other SDRs, managers, et cetera, that you actually care about getting better at your craft? That's one other area because the most obvious thing is just to be genuinely curious. Pepper leadership, pepper the people who hired you, pepper people around you with questions, 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 questions. How does this work? What does this do? What do we do with this situation? How can I be helpful here? What else can I do to help you that I can't spot on my own? Mm-hmm. And for a practical deliverable, like this is my second real job, I'll put it that way, is I, in the early part, can take the skills I already have and control the controllables. I know how to prospect. I know how to book meetings. I know how to run a sales call but I need the new companies and the new leadership's help to fill in the blanks. How do we differentiate? What are the learnings with this company? What's specific? Because those hard skills of prospecting, meeting running, running a sales cycle stay with you. It's figuring out how those apply to the new personas, the new industries, what you're selling into with your new job. So if you can take the skills you're already good at and then add on the filler stuff or the soft skills with the new job, that's how you get productive and just show your work, ask for feedback all the time. Yeah. I think, a huge one. I think a big thing that you said is just, <clears throat> and this goes for success, not just in a new role, but success in jail and sales in general is just genuine curiosity. And so like, that was something that I was big on in the new job that I just took. Plus when I first started back in the day at Panadoc was like, I was just genuinely curious. I don't know what I don't know. So I just tell me, right? Like, how does this work? How does that work? You know, why are you doing this? Why shouldn't I do this? How are you doing it? How did you learn to do that? Like how many times a day did you have to make that specific call or handle that specific objection to get good at overcoming it? I think genuine curiosity, no matter whether it's you're trying to win a sale or you're (laughs) stepping into that role in the first 30 days, it applies um, pretty heavily. And when you step into a role for the first 30 days, like, you're not really so much focusing on like getting really good at the job you stepped into because nobody's going to expect that out of you. You're, you're really just selling yourself for those first 30 days. So you can build a little bit of credibility, right? Especially if you come into a leadership role, it's not about um, understanding the product or building out procedures or SLAs or anything like that. It's more so of like building up that credibility within the first month. So then you can start to go give recommendations. So it's like using that genuine curiosity to understand the landscape. And then once you understand that landscape, you can do that. You can kind of use that to, to your advantage to build some credibility. I think that's a, another good piece that kind of ties into, into genuine curiosity as well. Yeah. One thing uh, I kind of want to touch on as it relates to curiosity and, and like you said, building your brand in that first 30 days is that when you're reaching out to people, asking questions, whether it's a top rep that you want coaching from, or if you're a leader and you're reaching out to your leader, asking for questions, follow up on that curiosity. So they give you advice, say like, come back to them a few days later, a week later and say, Hey, I tried this. Like, I appreciate the help or come with a follow-up question. And that kind of reinforces the relationship and shows like, Oh, they're really about it. Like they actually care. They're following up with me and they're asking for more as opposed to just saying like, you know, asking for help and then just leaving at that and never following up with them, like no thank you or follow-up questions. Um, I think that's a big thing that just keeps the relationship going. I don't know if you guys have ever kind of run into the same sort of thing. Oh, absolutely. If you can show that they made an impact on you, that's you showing your work. Um, yeah. And that was one other thing is also how do you approach people? 
you can sit back for a day or two and observe how they interact in Slack or how they are in a meeting. Are they laconic and short, kind of like Max and myself? Probably just want to shoot them a quick message. Mm. Or do they like to go on and on and on and on and on and want to have a rapid fire conversation? You can notice a couple small things and that helps formulate your interaction. Do a little bit of research. Prospecting. Prospect. Bingo. <laughs> Man, all comes back to that. Sounds like life is sales. Max, I think you're muted. I said, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, Zoom, my bad. Um, it's basically like being a salesperson within those first 30 days, you know, yeah. you're just doing prospecting. It's like you're spending time trying to do a little bit of research on how those specific sales reps that you want to approach interact with their colleagues and friends and whatnot. And that's going to determine the type of approach you take to trying to, I guess, quote unquote, book a meeting or whatever you want to call it, you know? Yeah. So I think that's kind of what applies to all that. Yeah. Um, yeah, another thing kind of as it relates to uh, starting a new job in that first 30 days, big thing I've seen with SDRs is they'll come in with a different SDR process or maybe it's an AE and like they have this different process of closing or this just different sales methodology they learn. They come to the new company, they try to implement that same methodology and it doesn't necessarily work and they're too stubborn to kind of change it up. Um, I think something that's really underrated is being open-minded when you join a new company and understand that the processes that work for you in your old companies might not be the same in your new company and you have to be willing to kind of try new ideas out. Um, I mean, I'm sure it's happening for you, Max, right now. Like some of the SDR processes are probably a lot different from what they were like at Pandadoc. You know, if you were kind of stubborn and saying like, no, this is how we did things at Pandadoc. This is how we're going to do it at Branch. Things might not work. Same thing with you, Luke. I don't know if you guys have kind of noticed that as you've started now in your first 30, 60 days. Actually, one thing on that point, and I got this from my mentor, Patrick Downs is if you use their methodology, their tactics, what they're teaching you in the first 30, 60, 90 days, and it doesn't work, whose fault is that? Or who does it fall back on? It's the person with that methodology. If you're coming in with your own and it doesn't work, who does that fall on? So definitely give it a shot and you can start adding your own flavor once you have results where you can prove, hey, this just isn't working. And I might have an idea where we can make this better. Yeah. I also, what's funny that you brought that up, uh, Jed, is, and I think the three of us have learned this, you know, at our time at Pandoc, we've seen a lot of leaders come and go, right? We've had some experiences with a few, <laughs> to say the least. And I think a common theme that at least I learned, I don't know if you guys picked up on it, but it's, they all come in and literally like that first two or three weeks, they're just like, this is how I did it. This is how we're going to do it. We're changing X, Y, and Z. I don't want to learn the business. I don't want to learn the landscape, all that stuff. And so when I took my first job, like the first thing I did was tell my reps, the, like the new reps that I managed, like, hey, I don't know anything about this business. I don't know anything about fintech. I know how to prospect. I know how to make calls. I know how to overcome objections. I have frameworks for that stuff, but I don't know anything about your business. So I'm not going to apply, you know, my previous knowledge, knowledge that I learned at another business to this one without actually learning the landscape of the business, the market, the tool, the tech stack, all that stuff. Um, and funny enough, you bringing that up, Jed, is I had an SDR kind of do something that I never did. I always kind of thought it was a bad practice and I never really thought about it in this approach. Um, but what he started doing was, and shout out to Tyler, 
um, what he started doing was he would leave voicemails to people. And right now we don't have a great tech stack. We're buying stuff. So a lot of what they're doing is just literally dialing on their cell phone. And so they're making like 60 calls a day, just dialing <laughs> manually. Yeah. Um, so as you can imagine, it's pretty tedious um, and it's hard to get a meeting sometimes. And so what he started doing was, is he would call like specific people. So like directors or um, C-level execs or like VPs only, no one below that. And he would leave a voicemail to someone that he really wanted to connect with. And he would say something like, Hey Luke, this is Tyler from branch. Just going to pop a calendar invite on your, on your calendar for Friday afternoon. Feel free to decline it if you want to. And that's all he would say in the voicemail. And then he would follow up right after with an email and it would say, Hey, just pop this or just left you a voicemail. Um, here's the calendar invite. Um, that I'm going to put on your calendar for Friday. And that's all he would say in the email. And I swear to God, I, when he told me that I was like, dude, bad idea. There's no way that works. But I was like, <laughs> but I was just like, give it a go if you want to. Right. And he gave it a go and he's booked like three meetings off it because people just accept it. He puts it for 10 minutes on like a Friday afternoon. They accept it. And he does a very short discovery call and then books it for the AE. And then if he books it for yeah. like a level or a VP, he just brings the AE on right away and they do discovery on the call. Wow. But that's an example of like, you know, I would never have yeah. told anybody to ever do that. And I thought like, maybe that's a bad practice, but it really does work. And people don't mind. You know what I mean? You leave a quick voicemail, yeah. you say you're going to do it. You book it for 10 minutes, literally. And they sit down and they have a conversation. So, I mean, that's just an example of taking something or stepping into a new role where um, you're not going to impose everything that, you know, kind of going back to the two points that you guys made. And this is why you stay at the end of Marvel movies after the credits, because you can actually <laughs> pick up a technique that works where that to me breaks every single rule of prospecting. But man, if you do it right, you put thought into it and effort, you can pay off and get you three extra meetings and you're prepared and ready to deliver value. So anyways, guys, this was the uh, SalesCast podcast. We're back again. We're here to make prospecting simple and closing predictable. We'll catch you guys next week.